0: the river church on broadcast this morning praise god we're here in tuscaloosa alabama and we like it here we're so glad we're here and wish you could be here but do the best you can with where you are hallelujah uh we want to minister this morning on something this will be our third time about the uncommon man and the exceptional woman are y'all the uncommon man or the exceptional woman well we're one of the two And Jesus wants you to take on his attributes. He was the uncommon man. In every way you go, well, that was Jesus. Well, he said the the works I do, you'll do. Greater works you'll do than I did. So we ought to be uncommon. So uh, turning with me, if you would, to Daniel. We went there last week. Let's go back to Daniel chapter 11 so that you can mark it in your Bible. Verse 32 So let's set some groundwork this morning to what we're going to minister because I'm not here doing a job. I, actually, preaching and teaching is the least of what I'm called to do. And it's the least of what you're called to do. We're here to, pro, to solve problems. We're here to demonstrate Jesus and the way we get people to want to go to Jesus is we solve their problem. We solve. Uh, I was in IHOP the other night. And there was a a couple there in IHOP. And uh, I just had unction. And I'm not bragging on me. I'm just saying I had unction to buy their dinner. We ought to all be looking and being aware. I can hardly tell you how many people that I... The Lord surely said, take care of that. And I didn't. I walked on by. But I did hit that one. Hallelujah. So we're, we're endeavoring. But I noticed that the common man... The common man... And the typical, or you could say the conventional woman, their common attribute is they don't want to change. The uncommon man and the exceptional woman, their attribute is not that they're smart or they're raised Pentecostal, none of that. It's that they're willing to change. Change, Michael. Change, Michael. Change. Change. Be willing to change. The only thing that never changes is that we'll always change. We'll always have to change. So the, the common man and the conventional woman, what they say is, I've changed enough. You ought to seen me back there. The enemy of best, the enemy of good, excuse me, the enemy of best is good, where we think, good enough. And so we stop, because it's better than it's ever been. I got healed, I got some money, I got me a job, I got... All is so much better, and, and truly, to God be the glory, it is better. But it might not be the end. You have to go for God's plan in your life. What is the end of it? We ought to be after the plan of God because I you know this. If someone lives to be 80 or 90 years old, we give them an attaboy. And we don't say, oh, it was such an early age, and they left toddlers at home at 90. Nah, they didn't leave no toddlers at home. <laughs> So, uh, where was I with that? Hallelujah. The, the common man and the typical woman are through changing. They just say, close enough, good enough. But in Daniel chapter 11, I hope you will underline this in your Bible. It says, in such do wickedly against the covenant shall he corrupt by flatteries. I don't have a clue about what that means But then he says, he says something after the colon, but the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Let's read it together. But the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits. Shall be strong. That's what we're on, is being strong. It doesn't mean we don't ever mess up. It doesn't mean that we're so holy that we we can't, you know, go into a restaurant that has a bar or whatever people think is spiritual we're strong that's your job is to be strong so if you're strong then anything the devil the world the flesh and sin throws at you I'm strong I got this well strong anybody comes uh, becomes strong like in your physical body through resistance you you put something you put a weight on your muscles and and lift it or pull it or whatever, and it makes you strong through resistance. And we, when we resist temptation, we become strong, stronger. So the Lord wants us strong. Well, right now you may not be in a crisis, so you're going to have to be strong by faith. Now, Dr. Cole always said you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink, but you can salt his oats. And so we, we want the Lord to salt our oats, to give us a desire to change when there's no crisis or need to change. Because once the crisis comes, where you are is where you are, and you have to deal with that crisis where you are unless you can get somebody to come and help you. So we're here to change. I'm here to change. I'm older than I've ever been, so are you, and we're here to change. Every day we get up and say, we're going to change something today. We're going to adjust. We're going to upgrade. We're going we're to increase something today today. Something that wasn't bad yesterday, but today it's got to go. I'm going to clean out the refrigerator or whatever it is, your sock drawer, whatever it is. So because we know, we talked about, when you're done changing, say it with me, you're done. When you're done changing, you're done. Not when you get 90, not when you can't do what that is, or because cause I, run, I don't run marathons anymore. The second chapter is I never ran a marathon, <laughs> but I don't run them anymore, uh, but I'm not through changing. I just don't do that. Hallelujah. So if uh, the common man, the, the conventional woman says, if, uh, if, if I'm already strong enough, and, and the truth is, if you're already strong enough, why, why, how can you do exploits? Are you doing exploits we're not all doing all the exploits we want I want to cast out devils I want to be like Charles Finney where he gets on a train and people just start sliding out of their seats saying my god thou dost convict me and they just start crying out for salvation that that whole city where he came in the whole city every bar shut down and the churches couldn't hold everybody just because he came into town I want to be like that in a measure, more measure than I am right now. Don't you? I mean, it's just, it's what us Christians want to do. We, well, I, you can go to Disneyland and say that's great, and maybe it is. I've never been, but maybe it is. Or you can go camping or get in a boat or whatever people do. But really, as Christians, what we want to do is we want to minister. We want to change somebody else, and we're willing to change so that we can. What's in it for you? Well, I just love God, and therefore I love his people. So the uncommon man, the exceptional woman, is expecting, is looking, is planning to change. That's why you're here this morning. I hope you're not just in the Sunday obligation like, ah, that's, that's what we do. We just get up on Sunday and go to church. I hope that's not it, because you could go to a lot of churches and you might not be changed. Well, you might be changed. <laughs> Actually, you might be changed, hallelujah. Uh, Titus 3.1 says, be ready to every good work. Be ready to every good work. In the, in the Weymouth, it says, be prepared for every right action. That's where I am, I trust you are too. That I'm going to church, I'm reading my word, I'm praying, I'm interacting with people so that I can change, so that I can be ready for every good work. Amen. So I'm, I, want, I think the Lord wants us to be ready. I think he wants us to be prepared. That's why people buy fire extinguishers. May have never had a fire. I've never had a fire anyway, but we ought to have a fire extinguisher. You all agree with me? Amen. Amen. So the uncommon man... The exceptional woman has some attributes, has some things about them. And that's what I want to minister on this morning, because I want us all to say, I want to be that. Jesus was uncommon. Jesus was exceptional. But we can get in the mode of, of this world, which is seemingly getting worse and worse, and say, I'm good enough. I'm, I'm more uncommon than they are. And the bar would be pretty low. If the bar is Jesus, we say, oh, I better giddy up. I better better stay on this. So I was ministering to myself saying, what is the uncommon man not common in? And I wrote down some things, vision for one. The uncommon man is different in vision. He's got dreams that are different than the common man. Are y'all here? Uh, I had somebody tell me this week, said said, uh, somebody in their family, their whole dream was to have a vacation home in Colorado and to have a place on the lake all, and then live somewhere else. And I said, that's it? He said, that's it. That's all they talk about is someday, someday we're going to, and of course, it's going to take a bucket of money to do that. So that was their whole vision. Well, that's not uncommon. That's common. The uncommon man has a different way of thinking. Because as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So if he's uncommon, he thinks uncommon. We think different. I said, I think different. You know you think different than the common man, the, the conventional woman. Uh, my wisdom. Somebody was telling us this morning about uh, someone that's not born again, a group of people that's not born again. And how everything's difficult, it's challenging, like, ah, how can I do this, and how does this go, and everything. And, you, and we just think it's a natural attribute, like, well, they just don't have much going on inside. But actually, it's the, what Melissa talked about, it's the light shall shine upon your ways. There's a lot of light in us, and when our president has light, then there's light in the country. When our governor has light, when you're, amen? Amen. Kids grow up better with the wisdom of God in their parents. Yeah. And you've got to get past a lot of stuff if they don't. Our confessions are uncommon. Melissa talked about that. We're confessing things like a squall line that, that's on TV. It's still in Louisiana. We, we just get up and go out the door, don't you? And just say, okay, you're out there somewhere, and I'm talking to you, and right now you're going to change your attitude, your intent, about coming into my city and coming to River Church, and, I, and I, it's just done. We just go, and we do it, and it's done. But that's uncommon. You talk to everybody else, and they're running for cover. Uh, we are uncommon in our faith. We're uncommon in the way we administrate things. Our approach is different. Instead of, what can I get out of this, we're thinking, what can we get into this? It's an uncommon way. The exceptional woman She's not typical. She's not conventional. I think about in Proverbs 30 where it says uh, the virtuous woman, she rises up early. Is that right? So you go, what's that all about? Well, she's uncommon because everybody else is standing and they're hitting the alarm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, hallelujah. So I wrote down that uh, the exceptional woman is one that doesn't take offense. How many of y'all know that's exceptional? That's uncommon. Everybody's got their feelers out here. Like, just, just dare to touch me or talk to me, and I'll bite something. Hallelujah. They're, they're uncommon in their strategies, their life strategies, how they raise their children, how they treat their husband, how they uh, address life. Very graceful, very, very unconventional. The uncommon woman is a problem solver. Yea, verily. Uh, I remember uh, when we had kids, uh, she would say, there'd be a cowlick there. And she'd give a big old swath across her tongue and stick it on there and say, that'll fix it. <laughs> I don't know if the fix is better than the problem, but nevertheless, the uh, unconventional women, uncommon women, exceptional women are problem solvers. And everybody else is just a slug that's just out there saying, "I hope I get through this." Steadfastness is a common uh, is a uh, an attribute, and goal setting. I, so many women are just like, "What will be will be." Just however it comes, I'll deal with it when it gets here. But not the uncommon, the exceptional, the atypical woman. She's got a plan, and it's like Melissa said, she's steering. Can we all say I'm steering"? Yeah, I'm steering? We're steering. We we are navigating. We we are steering this thing. So turn with me to Romans chapter 13 if you would please. Let's talk about the uncommon man and the exceptional woman. Last week we talked about this in the sense of thinking big in small places. Can we put our can we put a pronoun on the front of that and say that together? I'm thinking big in small places. Now, that's an uncommon person. Because pretty much whatever uh, osmosis is, is that we take on the atmosphere, the environment that we're in. If it's small, we're small. If it's defeated, we're defeated. This COVID thing, it has revealed what's in people. I mean, and I'm not going to go there, but I'm just saying, wow. It's, it's a form of crisis, and there's a way to handle it, and there's a way to get through it. It's not like you just disappear and say, we're not doing anything. But I've never seen such fear in people, such timidity, such drawing back. And it's like there is no God. It's like there is no answer. There, it's like we're everybody, every man for himself. And I'm just like, remember in World War II, we watched uh, Saving Private Ryan the other night. Uh, it's like those are uncommon men and, uh, and, and, and exceptional women. And they, they were signing up. What are you doing? I just signed up. Well, you're just 17. I lied. Wanted to go and whoop out Hitler or Mussolini or whatever. And you go, That's, that was common then, but it would be uncommon now. Would you all agree? Yeah. We're, we're, it's every man for himself now. So I like courage. I am moved by someone that's got courage, that's, that's valiant, that's got valor. That's I, I'm in awe by the uncommon man and the exceptional woman. I want to be with these people. And I told you last week that a lot of people have become famous and well-known, and you, you ask them, what, what caused this? And they said, I, wrote, I read biographies of the uncommon man. I read about the exceptional woman, the Helen Kellers and the Teddy Roosevelt's and the Abraham Lincolns. And, I, and it gets on you. You know, and if all you do is look at sci-fi or look at old western, well, Westerns are good. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Amen. Romans chapter 13, let's get out of that, praise God. It says in verse 1, let every soul be subject unto the higher powers. Why? For there is no power, the word there is actually in the Greek is authority, but there is no power but of God. There is no authority but of God. There is no, there is no authority but of God. Did you all get that? The devil has no authority. He was created by God. He is a created being. He has nothing greater than his creator. The powers that be are ordained of God. Now, this, this is a jump in the middle of your life statement. This, this verse is astounding according to convention. Whosoever, therefore, resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God. And they that resist shall receive to themselves a damnation. Why? For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to the evil. Wilt thou then be afraid of the power? Literally means of the office. So do that which is good, and thou shalt have praise of the same. For he, the authority, the office, the power, for he is the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain, for he is the minister of God, a revenger to execute wrath upon him that doeth evil. Wherefore, ye must needs be subject, not only for wrath, but also for conscience' sake. For this cause pay ye tribute also, for they... The rulers, he's talking about in verse 3, are are God's ministers attending continually upon this very thing. Render, therefore, to all their dues. Tribute to whom tribute is due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, and here it is, honor to whom honor. I want to talk about this morning the uncommon man, the exceptional woman, are people of honor? Everybody can honor someone that's an attaboy, that's got it, that's doing it just right. That's not the problem. Anybody can do that. It's easy. It's it's conventional. But what about when you have a, a, a <laughs> you don't have the best person in office over you, including your parents, including rulers at at work, and you go. I'm born again. I'm spirit-filled. I got the wisdom of God, and this is a ding-dong. This is somebody that, that doesn't know coming or going. I'm supposed to submit to that? Well, if you love, if you fear, if you know God, you know that it's your best way through. You can take it into your own self. You can take hold of it and say, I'm fixing to fix this. I'm fixing to call them out. I'm fixing to tell them what for. I'm going to tell them what I learned in Sunday school, and that'll fix it. Well, God doesn't like rebels, no matter how righteous they are in their rebellion. Did y'all hear that? There's no place for rebellion in the kingdom. None. Well, they're wrong, and I'm right. Yes, that's right. That's right. So... The Amplified says in verse 1, there is no authority except from God by his permission, his sanction, and those that exist do so by God's appointment. How about that? We're just getting a perspective here about being uncommon. Not being a reactor to every action. That's what people are. They react to the act. And sometimes it doesn't go well. But we don't act to the act. We act to the powers that are above us. We please him and therefore he gets us through it and we're shining on the other side. Well, that involves honor, not for the person, not to say, I agree with you and my commendation is with you, but to agree with the office and say, I can serve the office because the office is from God. The office is from God. The person in it. They're from hell. <laughs> but nevertheless, the office is what we honor. And this is a real difficult thing. And the common Christian reacts to things the same as someone that doesn't even have God. They just like I let's go outside and take care of this. Or, you know, they might actually not say, Let's go outside. They just go home and just destroy them with their words and bring it home and talk about it and be upset and call them a, you know, a dodo brain and everything like that. y'all know who I'm talking about? Not that you've ever been there. Not that I've ever slipped up and just said, this isn't right. And we ought to do something about it. (laughs) Uh, The the uncommon man won't do that. The uncommon man says, I'm going to get through this with honor. I'm going to get to the other side of this through honor. Honor will work for me. It's for the uncommon man and the exceptional woman. So you have to understand these things. The New Living says, everyone must submit to governing authorities, for all authority comes from God, and those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. Verse 3, do what is right, and they will honor you. Let's read that one together. Do what is right, and they will honor you. So it's like, give and it shall be given. It's like, no, you give and you... You don't have. Now, if you'll give, the powers that be will find you. pressed down, shake together, and running over. Is that right? Yeah. So it's a mystery. It's hidden. It's, it's seemingly backward. Well, the same thing with honor. When they just threatened you to fire you and to put you on the low end of everything and just distress you, even persecute you for who you are and what you believe, we just stand in the midst of the storm and honor not, not suck up, not placate, not, not those things. We stand our ground. But honor gets us through. It's powerful. It's so powerful. So verse 5 says in the New Living, So you must submit to them and give respect and honor to those who are in authority. Now this is uncommon. This is exceptional. This is against the flesh. This is against feelings. This is against... Uh, Your daddy telling you next time he does that you just go out there and take care of it Well, maybe you should So God is the head of all authority because he is the head of all authority All authority comes from him because he's the head of all authority and there is no authority except from God So it's hard to look at some people and say you're from God and you're over me for God But it's the office not them but God is the source. He's the source. He's the he's the well, the fountainhead of all authority and all power. And yet he never works his work apart from his authority. So like we said, no matter how well-meaning people says we can do this, but it's against policy or it's against the the man in authority, it's rebellion, and no matter how well it works, it won't work. It's a short-term gain, but long-term you're a rebel. And you can't get blessed. Now you go, well, this is crazy talk. Why are you doing that? Because I'm talking to uncommon men and exceptional women. That we can ride this out. We we can control ourselves and just settle down and say, I'm going to do this God's way. And it'll pay. It'll get me through. I'll be their boss on the other side. Oh, hallelujah. Well, you might not say hallelujah when I get through, Pamela. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But So let's go back to God. Let's go back to him. If he's the ultimate authority, the source of all authority, let's go back to him and see how he tempered himself. Now, he was God. He was. He is. But when he was, how do you say that? He's always been. Back in the beginning of things that he did with the earth, he could do anything because he's God. But what did he do? He limited himself and his authority and said, this is the way we're going to do it. And then he said, I'm going to give my authority to man. And once the man, we talked about it last week, once the man decides something, once Adam named the animals, once we all name our kids, once we, whatever we do, once we decree a thing, it is established unto us. And God won't say, that's not good for the kingdom. I'm going to roll over that. I'm going to push that back. I'm going to negate that. He never does because he honors authority. And he gave us his authority, and so he honors us when we take that authority and do bonehead things. <laughs> you ever done that? Yes. Yeah, yeah. we've all done that with our money, with people, with, with our time. And so what the Lord did, what the Lord did in his authority, listen, he made his word equal to himself. Mm-hmm. Do you ever think about that? Of course you did, but I mean, let's, let's think about it in the way of authority and honor. He made his word equal to himself. And so if he mishandles his word, he has to disqualify himself. Because he and his word are one. So I can go to the end with his word and make it to the end and excel Versus going by my word, my intellect, my wisdom, my experience, which is not full of authority. It's full of man's wisdom. And seemingly go through, but then we get flanked by trouble. We get flanked by men. And all of a sudden, our little plan folds. And y'all ever been there? Where our, our, the good thing you do, Jethro told Moses, the good thing you do is not good. <laughs> so... We have to go with the word. So God will never lie. We know that. He will never change his mind. And what, well, so what did he say? He wrote it down. Because oral, oral history is, is not too good. It gets changed, it gets retold wrong. But when you write it down, every generation can look at it and it never changes. They adjust it for sure with different translations and all that. But uh, he will never lie. And he has then made himself accountable. You say, God can do anything. Well, he could, but then he limited himself and said, I will not go past my own boundaries that I have set. I will not undermine any man that I've given my authority to and say, that's not good for you. It's not good for your family. It's not good for the kingdom. This is bad. I'll have, to, I'll have to roll over that. He never will. So you go, well, I did something bad. How come judgment didn't come? Because you were in charge. Amen. So God made himself accountable to all beings. What beings? Those that are under the earth, the devil. Those that are in the earth, you and me. And those that are above the earth, the angels. He made himself accountable. How did he do that? He said, no matter what's going on, devil or people or angels, I will stick with this. I will not take vengeance outside of this. I will not change my mind because this thing went wonky. This thing went the wrong way. I got to fix it or we're going to lose the whole thing. He almost did lose the whole thing getting the Messiah into the earth. Y'all know some, some people that didn't make it because they were after the seed of Messiah. And so he had all these generations to get through and he just needed one man to stand. But sometimes they, you know, David was, David got into some trouble. Y'all remember that trouble? Yeah, it's like uh, he's the only one. If he messes up, the Messiah's out. And God he but he did he instead of just saying oh, okay enough with you crazy people I'm just going to put my man my messiah my son I'm going to put him in and that's the way it is cuz y'all can't seem to get it together and we never have But he went with his word and even though he had to undo redo and overdo all the things that men do he came out because his word always prevails so he'll do that for you but what's our problem our part well since he honors his word with himself we are called to honor his word with ourselves so when someone dishonors me disrespects me makes me something that i'm not accuses me of of that i am what i did that's real big you know y'all know in humankind is when you do something they say We say it like this, just because you're in a garage, you're not a car. And so that's big. But uh, uh, where was I with that? He's accountable to all men. Therefore, there it is, therefore you can trust him. If he will just about get to the edge with his son to save and redeem us from the fall of Adam, if he will just drive next to the edge to keep his word, and, and men are just, the devil is just, Judas and, and all that stuff where it almost went the other way he never flinched he never said i, I got to step in and help this cuz it's it's not going to make it if i don't he just said if you don't it don't but he had his word out there and it did and so based on that we can trust him his word cannot fail because he has made his word equal to himself And so if you can find his word, you have found him. If you can find his plan, then you have found your plan. And so when he says rebellion will upset your place in the plan, I don't need you to fix your boss, fix your critics, Fix those that are judged and after you and wailing on you and gnashing with their teeth. I don't need you to fix them. He said, my word will fix this. Well, when's it going to happen? Well, he says, when you put the kettle on the stove, it's going to take six minutes to get it hot. The stove's hot, but the water's still cold until it gets hot. And so sometimes the situations that we want to fix yesterday, we have to go to the word. We have to decree a thing. What are we decreeing? We're decreeing his word. We're decreeing God is bigger than this situation. Short term, the water didn't boil. But long term, that thing is blowing steam out of that kettle. It will get there. If you fix it today, though, rebellion will not go well. It messes up the plan of God, and you kind of are in the mess. So... uh, When I have God's word, when we have God's word, listen, we have his authority. We don't need to shine up and say, God, if you'll get me out of this, I'll serve you all my life. Or if if I'll give you all my money, Lord, or I'll, you know, those are vain promises. None of those are work. They're actually idolatry. It puts you in the works realm. It does not uh, glorify God through his word. It's not good to make promises that you cannot keep. Because then when you can't keep what you told him you would do, then you're the transgressor. And there's always judgment on the transgressor. So we don't make him promises. Lord, I know I told you I would never do that sin again. And I know you forgave me. But Lord, here I am again. That's not it. He doesn't remember if we confessed it. He doesn't doesn't understand. Romans 8.31 says, if God be for us, help me, who can be against us? God's for you. So if God's for you, guess what else is for you? His word is for you. Not against you. It's it's intended to put you over. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. Submit, resist, and he will flee. Submit, resist. So if you go in there and fix it yourself without submitting to God and submitting then, therefore, his word... You get outside of the Word, and you go in there, bless God, He's not going to do that to me again. I'm fixing to change history. Well, you're going to jail. (laughs) That's the history. You're changing. (laughs) No, we go with His Word that says to bless those that curse you. What's the rest of that? And bless those that despitefully use you. It's in Luke chapter 6. We'll all look at it later. Hallelujah. But that's the word, because the word, uh, I'm going to just look at it, because it was so good. I liked it then, because there's another part to that. Luke chapter 6, it says, uh, Love your enemies, do good, and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great, because ye shall be children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. So if God is, we have to be. Well, how's that going to play, Lord? They'll just think I'm a wimp. They'll think I'm weak. It's okay. You're not. You're in God. Amen. Submit yourselves. So the same level that we submit is the same level that we have authority. So we have no fear of what men can do to us. Let's first person that. I have no fear of what men can do to me. That's a big statement. How is it? because I align myself with the word I give honor where honor is due is that common not at all is that exceptional absolutely is it is it tough the flesh is screaming for revenge to rectify this to change this so here we get to a thing that I like to talk about because it's helped me so much is called competition and comparison when we compete with others then we have to throw away honor. We have to say that God cannot maintain my office, that somebody's after me. They're competing with me. They're, they're, they're buttering up the boss. They're working on weekends when you know, I'm going to church and stuff. And how am I going how, how to keep up with that? Because they're just in the boss's back pocket or whatever. Sure you can, because there's no competition If you know that God's going to put you where you should be by honoring, there's no distraction, there's no danger of you not getting there. This is real powerful, y'all. We do not compare ourselves to others. We do not say, well, look at Lulu. She's up there singing a special, and I want to get up there and sing a special because I can sing as good as her. Stay in your office. Stay in your place. Stay with the Word and stay with honor, and it'll get you to the other side. It might take a little while. It might take some, because mostly we're working out our own flesh. We're working out our own stuff. Manipulation and control, which is competition and comparison. Manipulation and control is competition and comparison. The only competition we have is to outlove love one another. I always say it. You know, it's, it's not funny, but I say it. Uh, I love you more than you love me, but you can narrow the gap. (laughs) Amen. Amen. So faith and favor will always put you at the place that you need to be, your place. Who wants to be in a place that's not their place? Who wants to be somewhere where you shouldn't be? I, only the carnal, only the competitive, only the comparing that thinks, I'm here, I, adulation and honor is mine. Well, if you're not supposed to be there, it'll be short-winded. Do y'all know that? We know that. That w- I want to be where he wants me to be. So the little toe, the little finger, even though it is un, it's uncomely in its parts compared to the, to the senses and the face and all that, the, body, the Bible says, said it's just as important. So I'm going to get in my place. It doesn't matter. So I don't have to compete in my particular vocation. I don't have to compete and say, I need to get me a bigger church, a better church. A, I need to... None of that. Because I'm not in competition. I am not jockeying for a place with anybody else. I'm just finding my place with him. And in that, I can honor anybody. Someone that's greater and bigger and all that. I can say, a boy." Let me come to your meeting, let me send you an offering, let let's get together because I'm excited about them and I give honor to them because that's their place, but I have to stay in my place. Amen. Now manipulation and control. Y'all know what that those two words are? It's witchcraft. That's exactly right. And we could talk about that a lot, but we don't enter into manipulation. We don't move in, we don't tattle on our coworker to the boss. So that we can get their job. I mean, if you're uncommon. So we have to pray for those that are over us. We have to submit to those that are over us. That's how it's done. And it's not always easy. We get presidents in there, vice presidents. We get governors. We get mayors. And we don't like them. We don't like what they stand for. We don't like what they've done in the past. We don't like what they plan to do. We don't like it. And every four years or eight, it changes. And so you get, you get you a, a someone you like, and then all of a sudden you're rooting for him to win, and he doesn't win or whatever, and then you go, well, I'm done. I'm toast. This is over. His plan is contrary to my plan, and I'm not, I'm not, we're all going up in smoke. It's like, No. I'm going to honor the president, no matter who it is. I don't like him personally. I wouldn't go play golf with him. Nobody would go play golf with me, but uh, that doesn't matter. I'm staying in my office by affirming and honoring his office, and the Lord will get me through. I don't care what America's going through right now. I don't care how it plays. I'm going through. That doesn't affect me. I'm pulling. I'm pushing. I'm I'm in. I'm in agreement with the office. Doesn't matter what they're doing. It matters what I'm doing. So I'm going to stay on course. I'm not. And so many Christians are losing their minds right now because they say, well, that's my daddy. And if he says I can't go play down the street, well, then I can't go. That's not how it works. We have a heavenly father. I don't have... Uh, go to Matthew 13. I'll just skip that. I have a good scripture. And y'all know the scripture about, I'll just tell you about the story, where David went into the cave where King Saul was, and Saul was asleep. And uh, he, his men said, here's the chance. This, this, this guy is bad. This boy is, is terrible. God doesn't like him. And his men all said, here he is. He's asleep. All his men are over there. Kill him. And David listened to it for a minute. And then he said, not that I should touch God anoint, uh, God's anointing, anointed. Not that I should do him any harm. So he cut a little piece off of his garment and sent it to him saying, I was there. I had a sword. I had all my men. But I honored God. And then the Lord made him king. It wouldn't have went well for him if it killed Saul and said, this guy's bad news. This is best for the nation. This is better for me. It wouldn't have played. That's what that is in 1 Samuel chapter 24. In Matthew chapter 13, we'll, we'll wind this up. There's just so much you can take of this stuff. <laughs> we may be getting there pretty, pretty quick. But it helps to know. There's a way through. It helps to know how God's going to work in my behalf when everything is a wreck, when everything seems to be going south, and the Lord said, turn around, we're going to get the wind in our sails, and we're going to go north. You go, how's that going to be, Lord? Everything is this and everything is that. And our nation, our world, it's crazy right now, but I'm telling you, it's always been crazy. We just acclimated to it, and we're not acclimated to this yet, and, and, and we never will be. We don't like evil. The common man cannot run with the wisdom of the uncommon. So what we have to do is honor the office. We just can't agree with them. There's fools in office right now. But when the righteous are in office, the people rejoice. But even when the unrighteous are in office, we honor. We're not rejoicing, but we're honoring. And it's going to take us through. Amen? So I say that when we're an uncommon man, exceptional woman, that we are stalwart, we are resilient, and we are fierce. It's what keeps us uncommon. It's not like, well, this is going my way, therefore, anybody can get happy when it's going your way. On your birthday, we always are in a good mood. Well, amen. Matthew chapter 13, verse 10. Look what the Lord said. I love this. The disciples came and said unto him, why speakest thou uh, unto them in parables? He just did. He answered and said, because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken. Away even that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they seeing, see not, and hearing, they hear not, neither do they understand. And let's see, I believe that's all we're going, 13. So uh, he, he was telling them, said, If you're a common man, you cannot, you can't run with me, because I have uncommon wisdom, uncommon message, uncommon vision. I am uncommon, and these are common. They're, they've aligned themselves to be common in their thinking, in their vision, in their administrations, in their honor. They've aligned themselves with that, and I am not that. And therefore, they can't. They can't run with me. Do Y'all see that? He's saying I, I'm telling it to them because I want them to have. Uh, I want to be accountable. Sometimes the Lord does something with some people just so that he'll be righteous. So when they complain and say, God, I never had a chance, he can point and say, I gave you a chance. I gave you, I was righteous in giving you a chance, even though you rejected it. Lots of people. Let me say that better. All of us have been there. You go, well, what was that all about? Well, I didn't want to do that. I turned that down. That wasn't good. I wasn't in the mood. It wasn't seemingly good for me. God was righteous and gave you the door into the place of prosperity, of abundance, of winning. He opened the door. But if you don't go in the door, then you have to go down the hall and see what other doors open. And you might have to make your own door. So here the Lord is doing that with these people. He says, I'm telling you things that you ought to know, that you ought to be able to see, things you ought to be able to hear, things you ought to be able to understand. But because you're common... You're conventional, you're typical, you won't get it. I even told it to you in parables so that you could kind of parlay out of your commonness what I'm trying to tell you. So, uh, uh, But in verse 53, look what it says in verse 53, Uh, yeah, 13, 53. And it came, so he's, he's doing all this. See all that red stuff that's, that's in chapter 13? In first, verse 53, it says, And it came to pass that when Jesus had finished these parables, he departed thence. Guess what? He was moving down the road to find someone that was uncommon, that was exceptional, because he came that we might have life and have it to the full. So he ministered righteously to these that were not interested, that had not, that had not prepared themselves, that had not readied themselves to hear this message in its season. Now, family, I'm gonna tell you, it's the same thing going on with us. There's an accountability to, to the word that we hear. When God says, I'm I, I bringing it to you, will you spark? That's, that's the word I use, will you spark? When I bring you this and I bring you that, and you go, ah, Lord, I." I want to do it my way. We don't ever say that, but that's what we're saying. When I don't want to do it God's way, we're saying, I want to do it my way. And we've all done it. And all my troubles in my life, all my redos and do-overs have been because I didn't see in order to seize. I just went, well, that's interesting. I hope somebody takes God up on that. And I moved on. And I like to never could get back to that spot have y'all ever been there trying to get back to a spot where you say, oh, I'm interested now, I see it now. No parable needed here, I see it. Sometimes those opportunities are gone. She marries somebody else, or that job is filled, or, or that house is just life, where he opens the door, and we said, yeah, I don't feel comfortable doing that. That's that's a better thing than I could believe for, or that's, that's a greater vision than I'm able to handle. I'm just going to pass on that. When, in fact, the Lord said, of course it's bigger than you, but the uncommon man will say, but God. If God be for me, what difference does it make? I'll submit myself, therefore, to God. I will resist the devil, which is trying to give me thoughts of condemnation, and, and he will flee. You see, this this it's you go, well, how can you think that way? We train ourselves to think like the uncommon man and the exceptional woman. We train ourselves so when those doors open, we see them. It's not information where you just say, Well, let's calculate that. Well, it's 60% good, 40% bad. No. It's you see it by revelation. Because you've trained, you've readied, you've prepared yourself to be the uncommon thinker, the uncommon dreamer, the uncommon administrator. You've already been faithful over a few things. Therefore, when promotion comes, you've already got it. You see it and say, that's mine. That's mine. There's a scripture, it's in Chronicles or Samuel or somewhere. It's it's back there. But uh, the Word talks about... uh, 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 I think it was David. I should have looked it up, but I didn't. Uh, but it talks about, he says, they get to the, they get to the Jehoshaphats or the Joabites or somebody. I'm, I know I'm butchering this, but you're going to get the point here in a minute. He said, whoever goes up first shall be chief and captain. And the Bible says Joab... Jumped out of his foxhole or got behind his post or whatever and went up first and he was made chief and captain Well, old number two Just hesitated just a little bit old number two that could have been chief and captain was still We called him but private you know after that we it it makes no difference if you're number two if you're not there you're not there and So you go well, how can I get there? You have to do mundane things. You have to make choices when it doesn't seem to matter to anybody. You just, you just do what you know to do. You tithe, you give, you serve, you forgive. You, you, just stuff that doesn't seem like anybody cares and doesn't, it doesn't have anything to do with what's coming. And yet, you become uncommon and exceptional. And then that stuff gets reserved for you. And it doesn't have to be in a parable. The Lord can s- straight up say... I want you to be this and have that and go there. See, this all makes sense when you lay it out. So I want to be that uncommon man. I want you to be that exceptional woman, unless you're a man. (laughs) Amen? Don't you? Doesn't this make sense that God says, I got better for you than you're even thinking about? That's why I'm going to do exceeding, abundantly, above all that you've ever even thought about. But he said, I want you to be that uncommon man. I want you to start thinking bigger. Because if I do more than what you're thinking, it's still not gonna be enough. Ever thought of that? You go, if if he's gonna think better than me, well, bring it. Mm, You can't handle it. You have to have a capacity to hold God. I said a capacity. So we are every day enlarging our capacity. So we can hold more. Because after a bottle is full and you put any more in it, it just runs off. Is that right? A bucket or anything just runs off. So if you don't have a capacity, you can't do it. I I wrote down here, 2 Kings 4, 3. Remember the prophet? He went to the, the woman, came to him and said, Alas, master, they are coming for my sons. The debtor, the, what do you call that? The guy that I owe money to is coming for my sons. And the man of God said, what did he say? He said, go borrow the vessels abroad of thy neighbors, even empty vessels. And then he said this, borrow not a few. And the word says that the oil poured out of the little cruise until the last vessel was filled. And then it stopped. So how much is God going to pour out in your life, my life? To the capacity because when your cup runneth over, that's that's wonderful, but you can't hold anything but what's in the cup. You can't take it to the next place. So I gotta get a bigger cup. I gotta enlarge by faith. I gotta be faithful over a few things. I gotta do what nobody sees me do so I can have what nobody thinks I can have. It's up to me. And we say this all the time you can go as fast as you want in the kingdom. You want, you want to break the speed limit or you want to, you want to wait forever, jaywalker? Yeah, I, it's just up to me. It's up to you. Uh, Matthew 14, 28. Listen to this. Peter said, look, look, an uncommon man. Peter said this. He said, Master, if it be thou, what did he say? Bid me come. Now, that's an uncommon man because you can look and see the other 11 in the boat going, this is a terrible day. But Peter, all of them had seen Jesus walk on the water, and he said, Master, if it be thou, bid me come. That's an uncommon man. How did he he say that? Because he had engaged himself in exceptional activity. He didn't run with the dogs and get fleas. Uh, uh, John 21, 6 says, He said to them, Cast the net on the right side of the ship, and ye shall find now, you know here, they fished at night because fish can see. They can see a net, and they don't get in the net. They can see. So they had to fish at night. Well, here it is now morning, and they didn't catch anything. And Jesus said, well, cast your net in the daytime on the right side. And, and they whined and cried and said, we're not going to do it, and we don't want to do what you say. No, it says, they cast, therefore, and they were not able to draw it up for the multitude of fishes. It was a suddenly Suddenlies come to the uncommon man and the exceptional woman. They do not come to the typical conventional, common person. They come. A lot of things do come, but they can't hold them. They just go through their life. Well, look at that. Look at look, Johnny's down here he's getting blessed. It was a drive-by. It was supposed to happen in your life, my life. Jesus left the common to go find the uncommon. I don't want him driving by me. I want him to pull in and say, here's a good place to stay. That boy's smart. Well, he's not that smart, but he's hungry. He's willing. Willing. So we got a big job ahead of us. Well, when revival comes, we're all going to load up and we're all going to just minister to everybody and there'll be lines all night. No. No, most, most of the church will miss revival. You go miss it, they won't even know it came. Oral Roberts had 11 years of miracles, well, more than that, but the healing revival was in uh, uh, 48 to 59. And Oral was in it all. Uh, Gordon Lindsay was in it all. Raymond T. Ritchie. Uh, um... Uh, well, <laughs> y'all know who all was in there. Hallelujah. And most people, including my family, my family never knew it even happened. They knew that Aura was on TV, but I've never heard any of my family ever say anything about any of it. In other words, 60 Minutes was also on TV, so we clicked over. I don't condemn them because I've missed a bunch. I was... I was not Pentecostal until I was, and I, it was right there in front of me. So, you won't even know revival came, and then the rapture. I'll go to heaven. Everybody will go to heaven. But there's rewards. I'm going to minister on rewards here pretty soon. There's rewards that are so amazing. You just get to touch one, and you go, I'm going to get my giddy-up on. Amen. So, Lord, we thank you for encouraging us. It's not too late. It's not too late. I can start today. There's lots of little around that I can be faithful over. And I'll let you promote me. I'll let you bring increase to each one of us. A man casts a seed in the ground, and it grows up. Blade ear and full corn in the ear. He knoweth not how. Lord, we don't know how we can get to that place except be faithful over little. So, Lord, we ask you to help show us the little that we can be faithful over. We give honor, Lord, to those that are over us. We will not try to get there through competition and comparison. We will not try to get there under our own power. We refuse to see how it could happen in our ways. So we honor those. We honor President Biden. We honor Vice President Harris. We honor Governor Ivy. And Mayor Maddox, we honor these people. We say, Lord, help them. Help these people, Lord, govern our nation. And we ask you, Lord, to bring our nation into the place of revival and preeminence. Because we have such a rich history of bringing the whole world to Jesus. We don't want to lose it now. Use us, Lord. Use us in Tuscaloosa County. Use us, Lord. Where can we serve you? We're going to be looking and we're going to be getting ready for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Woohoo. hoo Isn't Jesus wonderful? Yes. Ah, he's got more than we even thought. He's, it's better than we thought. We hadn't had his last. <laughs> we hadn't even seen his best. He's saving his best for last, and we're not there yet. But it's, you can have it every day. You can have his best and his last today, and then he'll give you even better and laster tomorrow. It's just the last up to now. Then tomorrow he'll say, I got another one of those. Amen. I tell you, River Church, in the name of Jesus, thou shalt prosper and be in health because your soul is prospering. I will lead you to the fresh water. I will bring you to springs of coolness. I will refresh you, saith the Lord. And your cup will run over and it will bring abundance to you and those around But you shall carry that cup about, and you shall refresh many. And my cup will never run out, but it will be a never-ending flow of rivers of living water out of you. So take hold, saith the Lord. Make a decision. Decide for me. Not just to put me into your life as a rider, as a passenger, as a hitchhiker, but honor me by putting me first, and I will honor you by putting you first. And it will be well with your soul, saith the Lord. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Well, thank you for tuning in this morning uh, to River Church. We're blessed that you tuned in with us. There's plenty more where this came from. We'll see you soon.